is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. All right, we have a past guest back on the show. Denny, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Jacqueline. Thanks for uh, having me back. I'm glad I didn't scare away all your listeners the first time, at least not, not so bad that you didn't uh, you know, want to maybe do this again. Yeah, I know. I'm so glad to have you. Um, it's been probably a year, maybe a year and a half since you're on the show. Um, a lot has changed. A lot has changed. How <laughs> is life over? And you're in Florida, yes? I'm in Florida, yeah. Oh, how is yeah. life over there? We're, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a hotbed right now, um, you know, li- literally and, and uh, you know, due to the state of affairs, but, you know, it's, it's July in Florida, so it's hot and it's humid and it's, it's gross. And then, uh, you know, we've got virus fever everywhere. So, you know, you just try to lay low and, and stay in and, and uh, get your runs in early before anybody else is out walking around and, and uh, taking their dogs out. And, and because that's the only time it's sort of cool enough to try to run anyway is at five o'clock in the morning. It's not, not too comfortable, but it's, it's the most comfortable. So you know, just taking it one day at a time. But uh, yeah, lots, lots has changed and, you know, lots of things still kind of stays the same. It's, it's the, the dance of life, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, that is so true. That is like really true. Cause I think that I was just talking to my client this morning. We we're kind of like, yeah, life should be like this. And then when things go wrong, we think that something, we think that something went wrong, but the truth is that is just like, whether it's this virus or getting injured or a death in the family or a sickness or something like that is unfortunately like that. No, that's life. Life isn't this perfect line that we were promised from like fairy tale movies. Like it's not that, it's not that. Right. Yeah. You always want everything to be that, that nice and steady growth or steady progress, steady improvement. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, that's, that's the stuff of fairy tales and, and, uh, you know, the, the ideal, but life is uh, a little messier and there's stops and starts and forwards and backs. And, you know, as long as, as long as big picture things are trending in the right direction, then hopefully you can kind of keep that, keep that trend going. Uh, even though the day to day may not be uh, as smooth sailing as we always want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. So take us back to kind of like, so things have been up and down. It's July mm-hmm. now pandemic. We started kind of making this our new normal back in March and April. And I'm guessing running you had to make some adjustment adjustments to how it was going to look in your life so where were you at back in like march and april and what changed for you so yeah i mean yeah obviously everything changed for everybody but for me it was it, it actually at least from a running perspective didn't change things too too much i i had kind of you know being in, in florida there's not a whole lot of races once it starts getting too hot into the into the late spring and early summer so I didn't have anything on the, on the calendar. I'd run Disney at the beginning of the year in January and, and ran a local race in, in February. And obviously those went off without a hitch. Like nobody was, was concerned about anything at that point. Um, it was just kind of settling into to regular summer training and, and uh, just kind of uh, I'm, one of my goals for this year is to run 2020 miles. So it was just like, just continue to just chip away. You know, I wasn't going to get it done in February or March or April, but so they don't want to fall so far behind the pace in those, those early months that you can't ever catch back up. So it was just, it was just keep grinding. Um, and then everything kind of hit pandemic wise and, uh, you know, races started canceling and started getting postponed to the fall. And now those are pretty much all getting canceled as well. Um, and so it was just kind of, you know, shifting the focus and keeping the focus for me, uh, being on the, the 2020 miles goal, which is, I, I have been on record in the past saying I hate setting big mileage goals for the year. Uh, because it's just, it's just arbitrary. Like what's, what's 2020 versus what's 2000 versus what's 1975. Like there's no, you know, whatever. Uh, but it was just, for me, it was just the idea of just being consistent throughout the, throughout the year and trying to increase my, my volume a little bit um, without trying to do it all at once or all at the end of the year or whatever, but just be steady throughout the year. So that's, that's been my focus basically since, since February anyway. Um, and it, that hasn't really changed much this summer. Everything else has changed. Everything else, you know, lots of, lots of my, running clients of course like they've had races canceled so it's shift in focus for them and do you want to do virtuals do you want to do this do that the other uh you know take a little bit of time off or pull back a little bit or or whatever so there's been some adjustments there but but for me on the running side of things it hasn't been too crazy but you know that's just one one segment of life it's you know having having a five-year-old and all of a sudden kindergarten is at home that was a big adjustment and you know now it's now it's looking for what's first grade gonna look like are we gonna go back which is still the plan but feels like less like the, the not as good of a decision every day you're like I don't know so we still got a few weeks to figure that out but you know it's it's just yeah it's it's life so 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you touched on the, um, the 2020 goal. Cause I've heard that from a lot of people and it is one of those kind of like arbitrary things, but also, I don't know, like a lot of things we do, it's just kind of like arbitrary. Why is it this number? Why we, I, I was talking to a friend about even just the, the mileage that we, we run or the, the times that we place, like I have to be this pace, like it's all arbitrary. We just make it up even just the right. way we measure time. It's just all made up. But um, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about how you, how are you doing that? What are you, how are you like tracking it? How many miles a day are you doing? What does it look like for you? So for me, it's, it's, um, I guess the, the exact math is like 5.52 miles a day is what you need to do to get there. Um, and so like my mileage last year, wasn't as close as you would think. Like, I think I had like 1700 miles. So it's like, you know, a substantial jump from one year to the next, but I was kind of thinking about the goal by like October. So like November, December, I was kind of up in my mileage to kind of be in that, in that ballpark. Um, and so I, I pretty much just, I do, um, you know, five and a half miles on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Um, sometimes Wednesday I do the same. Sometimes I try to push my Wednesday just a little bit, like seven, eight, uh, and then, you know, long run on the weekends for, anywhere between 10 and 15 miles, kind of depending on how hot it is and how early I get started. Um, and, you know, that ends up being 40 to 45 miles a week, which is, you know, just a little bit north of the minimum that you need to, to hit the mark by the end of December. So it's like got a little bit of a buffer and, and um, you know, use it when you need to, when, you're, when life gets in the way a little bit and, and you need to take a, a day off, like take a day off. I take Sundays off every week pretty much. Um, and that just uh, – seems like it works for me, but, uh, I used to be, a, I used to be the kind of guy that needed a day off during the week as well. Like I would always take, like, this is the first year I've run on Wednesday. Like I, I haven't run on Wednesdays in three or four years. Um, cause that was just my, my off day. And so that, that took a little adjustment of getting used to it, but you know, I feel like I've kind of figured it out and body's adjusting well and kind of try to take care of yourself on a bunch of different fronts so that you can stay strong and stay healthy. And, uh, it's working for me, but again, you know, like we talked about arbitrary goals, doesn't have to be something for everybody. Um, but it was, it's been a fun challenge so far and a little over halfway through the year and a little over halfway through the, uh, the miles and just got to, I just, I think I turned over 1100 miles today. So I guess I'm a little more than halfway. So 900 plus miles left to go and, uh, just keep on keeping on. That's amazing. Congrats on that. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Can you tell us a little bit more about like what you're doing to help your body strengthen and tell us like, like on your rest days, you're resting, you're not mm -hmm. like to like, what are you doing? Cause this is a big goal. You, and you said it's probably over 300 miles more than what you have done that you did last year. So how are you taking care of your body to make sure that you can actually do this? So, yeah, one of the, uh, the other goals I set for the year is to, to improve my sleep gain, um, which is like a terrible, terrible, non-measurable goal. But like, like I, I, not that I was sleeping too poorly before, but it's just like what, you know, one of those little things to, to try to improve that a little bit. So get a little bit more sleep or, you know, kind of, played with, with some dietary things as far as like, I was usually pretty good about cutting out the coffee by about two o'clock in the afternoon, but now I try to be like 12, 1230, like give myself an extra hour and a half to two hours to kind of rid the caffeine from the system so that I can get to sleep a little bit quicker and, and you know, sleep a little bit more soundly. Um, you know, so, so some of those types of things, as far as rest days, like, yeah, I mean, Sundays are a pretty, pretty lazy day for me. Um, you know, not, not like I just sit on the couch all day and do absolutely nothing, but it's, 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 I mean, it's maybe a little bit of stuff around the house. It's walking the dog. It's, it's, um, you know, in a, in a previous life before COVID, it might be, you know, going to, to Disney for a few hours because we live close enough that you can do just a couple hour trip to Disney and not feel like it was a big deal. Um, as far as like, you don't need to be there all day. So it's, you know, a, a little bit of walking around, but nothing strenuous, nothing crazy. Um, but mostly just like, like respecting that my body needs a little bit of a break and I need to, to, you know, it's okay to lay low and, and, you know, got to do some stuff around the house once in a while, but for the most part, like, like rest day is every bit as important as your training days. So don't be afraid to take it and don't be afraid to at least, and something I've learned over the, over the course of a handful of years and, and struggle to accept sometimes, but it's like, yeah, you know, taking, taking a day off is not, uh, it's not a zero. It's, it's moving the needle. It's keeping that, that line moving forward. It just doesn't look like it does on the days that you're working out, but it's, it's still, leads to leads to the progress that, that, uh, that I'm striving for and that I imagine probably most folks are striving for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a lot of people that have come to me that like, no, I want to, I sh well, first of all, with the 2020, like I need to be running this many every day. 
um, and then getting injured <laughs> and then mm-hmm. crap, well, now you're not doing any of it. Or also just that like, like not trusting themselves. Like if I take a day off, then I'm letting myself down and I, I just won't do any of it at all. What advice do you have for those people? You know, I, I think that, uh, for me, it's just been helpful that it's, it's, it's the rule. Like, I, I mean, it's, you know, not that it's, it's completely non-negotiable, but for the most part, like, like I don't run on Sunday. Yeah. Period. Like, it's just, it's not something that, that I ever debate about. It's not something that I wrestle with. Like, like, you know, it's just, it's just, that's how it is. So it, it, it I guess for me, I, and maybe the advice or the thing to try to work towards is to try to not make it a decision that you have to make every week, but it's just, you know, like Mondays I run five and a half miles, like, cause that's basically every street in my little subdivision. Like that's, that's just the route. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to, like, I can just plan if I'm going to walk out the door, I'm probably going to get that number in. And so on Sunday, like, you know, I plan on not running every single Sunday and that's, you know, it, it makes it, you know, I think it makes it a little bit easier to swallow that, that like, you know, because I'm not thinking about maybe running. Like, it's just not, it's almost not an option. If yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. Like it, there's no decision making that needs to happen. This decision has right. already been made. Right. And that's, yeah. Um, so I've kind of, so with COVID, I mean, with anything, I feel like I'm just trying to like simplify things in my life and leave, let my brain wrestle the big things mm-hmm. and not think about the smaller things. So like my morning routine, like it's set. This is what I do. Um, what I eat for lunch is kind of the same thing every day and not because I'm trying to be boring or because I'm on a diet, but like this takes away the decision-making and opens up like, what are the big things you actually need to be thinking about right now? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the more things that, that you can put on cruise control from, you know, in all areas of life, but you know, without, with obviously with certain exceptions, but but you know, there's, I can't remember all the studies, but there's research that shows that, you know, just decision fatigue and like we make, it's easier to make the tough decisions early in the day than it is late in the day. Cause you're just tired and it's, it's harder to put the mental focus to doing the things that you don't want to do. So, you know, if you can, if you can prevent having to use up some of that energy to make decisions early in the day, um, I think that, that there's, there's some legitimate research out there and there's just the anecdotal, you know, guy sitting in his office in Florida talking right now that says like, it works for me too, you know? So like, like if, if that's something that can help you, if, if, if you struggle with coming and hawing, what workout am I going to do or what mileage am I going to do or, or what am I going to eat or, or whatever, just make those decisions, you know, on, on a Sunday, just, you know, go through what this week, all right, I'm, on Monday, I'm going to run four miles and Tuesday's a uh, cross training day on Wednesday's, you know, like, and just plan it out. And all of a sudden, you know, when you wake up on Tuesday morning, there's no, well, I don't know, should I run today or not? It's just like, Oh, my, my schedule says that today I'm going to, you know, ride the bike and lift weights or I'm going to do some yoga or whatever, or I'm going to run or whatever it is. And you just do it. And you know, you don't have to think about it. You just do it. Yeah. That's, you know, that's something that, that can definitely help folks, I think. And would have helped me years ago if I would have implemented that back, you know, a handful of years ago when it was a hemming and a hawing. and what am I going to do every single time I got my running shoes on? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've been, so I've had a lot of people come to me too, like, like, uh, with anxiety or depression or getting into these holes that they haven't really found themselves with. And it's probably because, yeah, like all of these other constants in our lives have been taken away. So like everything has been shifted, but one of the things like with depression, like it just says, like, I wish that someone had told me this when I was in high school or any period of life is like, have a set schedule, having a set schedule will prevent all of that depression inducing thoughts and thinking yourself into a rabbit hole and mm-hmm. should I run? Should I walk? Should I, should I No. this is bam, bam, do it. There's no discussion in your head now. Right. It's done. Yeah. Um, tell me more about, so this is another thing like with COVID and people's schedules being thrown all over the place. And now they're like up watching Netflix all night and now they're getting sh- just really shitty sleep. How have you actually, like you said, you, you switched your coffee routine. How else are you getting better sleep during this time of uncertainty? So, uh, you know, it's, it's a situation where I've tried a bunch of different things and I don't always know which one moves the needle. Um, and, and to be quite honest, I mean, like, I don't know that things have definitely gotten better. I, they haven't gotten worse. I'm, I'm 
getting at least as good of sleep as I've, as I've gotten before. I like to think that it's, it's better, but it's, I've, I've been trying a bunch of different things. So I was reading some books. I, I um, invested in an, in an aura ring. So like, you know, the, the little uh, bio, whatever yeah. sensor that you wear on your finger, um, just replace my, re- my wedding ring with, with that and, and uh, wear that every night. And, and, you know, it's one of those, like, I don't know how much I believe the, the exact accuracy of it, but I think over time, like the trends are, are accurate. So like, you know, as, as we're recording this a week ago, I was, I was visiting some family in, in Michigan and kind of on pseudo vacation. And it was just like the routine was so far off as far as diet time of day when I'm running, just everything, you know, just, it's vacation and it's family and it's, you know, all, all of the things all at, at once. And, you know, like I could have told you subjectively that I was not getting as good a sleep as I would normally get. Um, and the, the, data on my ring would back that up that I had, you know, a couple of the worst nights of sleep in the, you know, six months that I've been using this thing, you know, that, that week, because it was hot and there was no air conditioning and you know, just all of the, all of the things that, uh, that, that can, can impact your sleep. So I've been trying to use that to kind of test some different things. That's where, um, checking the, you know, kind of the idea of backing off the coffee was more solidified. Like you hear the experts say that, you know, don't have coffee late in the afternoon. And I'm like, yeah, but like, I still fall asleep at, you know, nine 30, like it's not no big deal. And then you take two weeks with only having coffee till noon and all of, all of the metrics showed that they were better. And I don't know that I felt significantly different, but somehow the biomarkers were saying that, you know, it says like, is it a coincidence or not? Well, you know, maybe it is, but I'll, I'll, I'll trust it, you know, whatever. Um, so there's been some of those types of things trying to, uh, you know, if I have a, if I have a drink in the evening, instead of having it at eight o'clock, like have it with dinner. So it has more time to process the alcohol and, uh, you know, it's just some, some, some little tweaks like that, trying to, to turn the air conditioning down a little bit more, but I'm cheap and it's hot. And so it's like, like I'm wrestling with that, but that, now I'm thinking about getting one of those things for the bed that, that sits on top of the mattress that has the water that pumps through it to keep it that a little bit cooler. Um, so it's just, it's just a constant experiment of different things to try to, to just, you know, if we can move the needle a percent or a half percent, you know, day after day after day, that, that adds up to a pretty substantial change. So it's, it's, I don't know if I'm answering your question or if I'm just rambling at this, I'm probably rambling, maybe answering your question. Um, but it's just been a, an experiment on the sleep front to just try to little things to try to make a little difference here and a little difference there. Yeah. I talk about this book all the time, but have you read Atomic Habits? Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, absolutely. So I'm thinking about, there's this part in the book where I don't know, I think it's like a biking team, maybe Olympic team. And they talked about like all of the little things that they were doing, like wiping the van, like having white gloves so they could see if there was dust so they could like all of these little, little tiny things that like you said, like it's those little shifts that you compound them. Like, okay, like what, if you have one less cup of coffee or you wake up 15 minutes earlier, earlier, and just those little things that like compound over time, it doesn't seem like a giant shift during the day, like in the moment, but it, it compounds and changes. Yeah. And in isolation, none of those things are that big of a deal, Uh, but you add them all together and you know, you, you drink a little bit less coffee and it's a little bit cooler and you don't have a a drink right before bed and you stop eating at a certain time. So you have time to digest and, and you wear the blue blocker glasses at night and like all those things that, that add together that maybe is a little more substantial. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yep. Those small things. So you are a parent. You have a five-year-old at home. How six six as six. of today? I, I said oh. five-year-old earlier. She was five-year-old then, but yeah, today's a birthday. So big big day. Happy around birthday! House. Yeah. Yes, well, I'm a former kindergarten teacher, so I know how important that. <laughs> how has it been having having her at home and just kind of like whoa, life is? I guess I guess she was four recently, so she was home before this school year. But how has it been having her home? It's it's. Uh, I mean, it's it's been tough. It's been a struggle. Like. She, so, so, uh, my wife works at, uh, uh, um, at a private school and, and they have, they have class preschool too. So she's been going to school all day oh. since she was two years old. So oh. it's been, it's been, uh, definitely a big adjustment, uh, having both of them home and, and me, you know, me having to wear the, uh, the, the teacher hat until about noon when, at least during the school year, when then my wife could kind of take over a bit and I could try to get a little bit of work done in the, in the afternoon as well. Um, but it's, it's been tough, you know, she's, she's, she's an only child. And so like not having the social dynamic, I think has been easily the biggest obstacle or thing we've been trying to deal with. And, and, you know, like, like feel like, you know, we can, we can do a lot of the academic stuff at, at 
kindergarten level, not as well as they can do in the classroom, certainly by, by no stretch, but, um, you know, we can, and, and the school's been great about giving resources and trying to help out and doing distance learning and stuff, but it's just, it's just not the same. And there's not that, that interpersonal relationship and, and dynamics with kids her age, with adults that aren't her parents. Like, like there's been a lot of that kind of emotional and social side of things that we've like, I mean, don't know that we have done as I, I, we've done the best we can, yeah. but I don't, you know, is it, is it as good as it would have been? Absolutely not. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of the big, the big question hanging over the, the, the fall is, you know, if we're, if we're doing stuff at home again, um, you know, like, like the academics isn't the issue, but it's, it's being around kids and developing that empathy and, and sharing and, you know, just, just all of those things that, that as parents, you just, you can't do that for your kids like other kids can do for each other. So it's, it's been a struggle. And so, you know, it, nothing that anybody else that has young kids hasn't dealt with and, and hasn't, you know, sometimes we maybe get it right for a few days and then, and then there's, some blow up and, and it's not right for a few days. And it's just constantly trying to, to figure it out and make it work. And now we're on summer vacation. So it's, it's a little bit, I mean, I guess it's kind of a continuation of the COVID except my wife isn't teaching. So, you know, I'm, I'm able to work a little bit more of a, of a normal schedule, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly been an adjustment and continues to be an adjustment and will until life gets back to whatever normal is going to look like at some point, hopefully sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you hit a big point that like, like, you're, you're doing the best that you can, like, in literally every parent out there is doing the best mm -hmm. that they can. And even our parents, like when we were growing up, they did the best that they could. Okay. It's not perfect. Because I don't know who has that life. But like, <laughs> it's, but it's hard. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, do you think she's enjoyed being home? Or do you think she misses school? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, certainly there's, there's, uh, aspects that, that she enjoys that she's, she's been at least most of, of last school year would kind of be in that situation. Like, Oh, I, I hate school. And I don't want to go. But then as soon as she gets there, like she has yeah. a blast, you know, like she loved her teacher and all of her friends and, um, you know, she'd come home just excited and bubbling about the day. And then the next morning, you know, cause it's like, she wants to, to lay around and, and watch a little TV or play in the pool or play with the dog or, or whatever, you know, do this, yeah. you know, do stuff that, that she can do at home. Um, and then once she gets to school, all, all is good. But, uh, you know, I think that, that she's, she's torn, like she misses her friends. She, she's a social butterfly, which is going to be the death of me at some point. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, like, like, I think she would put up with the academics to get back to being around friends on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, at least as much as, you know, you're putting up with the academics when you're in first grade, like it's still fun at that point. So <laughs> it's not, not too much of a struggle. Um, but you know, she also doesn't mind being home and just, being being lazy and getting away with what she can get away with because mom's working and dad's working so here you know like you have free run of the house and that's not always uh the, again that kind of leads to things down the road of being a little bit more of a struggle when you have to pull back on that so it's it's just you know figure it out one day at a time yeah how how has it been um so with her at home and both of you like were trying to work how did you navigate like making that time for yourself to go out to do your five and a half hours? And I don't know if your wife is a runner as well, or if she does some other sort of activity, but like, how are you guys figuring that out? What does it look like in your morning? Um, well, for, for, for me, and she, she does run uh, as well. Not, not quite as much as I do, but she's, she's probably a three or four times a week uh, for at least a couple of miles each time uh, runner. So um, for me, it was just, it really didn't change things that much because I was running first thing in the morning anyway. So like normally, um, you know, I would, I would try to be home like, uh, by about six forty-five because that's about what time she would wake up to then help her get ready while my wife was getting ready. So they could both leave between, you know, seven fifteen and seven thirty, something like that. So it gave me a little more leeway to run a little bit more, to not be out the door quite as early because if I got home at six forty-five or seven Oh two or whatever, like it didn't matter. Like nobody was going anywhere. So it, it didn't really matter. Um, but that, you know, that was just, just get it done before she wakes up, except for on Saturday when, when, when I would do my long run and my wife would typically yeah. not run. And then she does her long runs on Sunday. And I, like I said, I already don't run on Sunday. So one of us would be home on, on Sunday mornings, but, um, but yeah, you know, there, and there were a few times where we'd both be out and, uh, Addison would wake up and, you know, she'd just come downstairs and, you know, whatever, watch, watch TV until somebody got home, you know, like, like, like whatever, ever, thankfully in a, in a neighborhood where that's, you, know, you can get away with that and 
never more than probably 10 or 15 minutes anyway. So it wasn't a huge, a huge yeah. deal. And uh, we just, just made it work, but yeah, just getting out early and getting it done before the day really gets started, which again, I mean, works, works best for me because of the weather down here, but also I think just for life, get it done before life can happen and you have a better chance of sticking on your schedule. At least again, at least for me, that's what definitely seems to work out the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you always done running? I don't know if you're like from Florida and that's why you run in the morning or did you have to shift that to make running happen in the morning? Yeah, I'm I'm from uh, Michigan originally, so definitely right. not uh, not not real a uh, uh, heat. I guess I'm heat acclimated now because I've been down here for the better part of 20 years, so it's it's kind of second nature at this point. But um, but no, I used to be a very uh, anti morning runner. Oh. Uh, just just never you know wouldn't uh, just never felt like I felt good getting up and, and getting after it. Like just as far as like moving, like it was just like, stiff and your body's still asleep and and. Uh, it was just, it was just better for me to wake up a little bit and, and try to run, you know, in the afternoons or in the evenings or whatever. Um, but then, you know, you'd have to run in Florida for very long to realize that, you know, running between three and six o'clock in the afternoon for six months a year is not, uh, conducive to, to say the least. So I was more of a started getting into it first thing in the morning, just out of necessity. And now I'm definitely like, yeah, get up get going like even on even on my Sunday when I don't run like I'm still up by six o'clock in the morning just be, and that feels like I'm sleeping in like I've, I slept in for at least a half an hour maybe 45 minutes if I'm up at six or six thirty um and and uh you know just would rather get to bed early you know nine nine thirty something like that ten o'clock if I'm really getting crazy and staying up late um and then and then get up in the morning and, and get after it or get up in the morning to have some quiet time before everybody else wakes up or whatever the case might be so uh, I guess I'm, I guess I'm a morning person now. It'd be pretty hard to argue that I'm not. Um, but it was, it was kicking and street, kicking and screaming that got me to be a morning person, uh, basically through running and just trying to beat the heat as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I, I think I was kind of the same way where I, I remember like all through elementary school, even like kicking and screaming, like, I don't want to go to school. Just mom, please let me sleep. <laughs> and then it was probably once I left like a job that was like, Oh, I need to be a morning person. Cause yep. I won't get things done if I don't get it done <laughs> in the morning. And now the same thing, like I wake up at six fifteen on weekends and my husband's like, can we just sleep in? I'm like, my body still wakes up. Like, even if I'm, if I don't, my body just wakes up. It's like, no. well, and then I don't know if this works for you, but for me, if I, if I do allow myself to roll over and go back to sleep or whatever and sleep until, you know, heaven forbid seven or seven fifteen, like good luck falling asleep that night. And then, and then that whole spiral goes, you know, then, then you're tired the next day and, and it just is a, is a disaster. So it's just better for me to just stay with the routine, get up and, and uh, stay on some sort of a schedule, which again, maybe that's something that helps your sleep game too. So it kind of all ties into that, that side of things too. Yeah. No, I, I laugh when, if I do have like alcohol, I think like, oh, this is going to be so much fun drinking this drink. And then it messes up my sleep. And I'm like, man, it really wasn't all that <laughs> it wasn't fun. Yeah. <laughs> because now it's taken me like a week to get back onto my regular sleep schedule. And it's funny because it's like, yeah, I just had to, it messed up my sleep. It messed up my mood. It messed up my day. Now I'm having like, like, oh my gosh, I can't get, yeah. It's just like, no, it's just better to not. Let me just go to bed at 9.30 or 10 p.m. and be a grandma and it's fine yeah <laughs> and it's you know and and, and uh it's worth it. it for me at least sounds like for you as well like just stick stick with the schedule and you know whatever if people want to give you a hard time like watch the daily show the next morning it's, it's just as good the next morning on the, on the dvr online than it is uh staying up till 11 o'clock to watch it anyway yeah yeah so at the beginning you said that your clients were kind of emailing you and like hey you know obviously my race is being canceled or this is being changed how have you helped them kind of navigate running when there's probably no races happening? Chicago marathon just got canceled yesterday. I knew it was going to happen, but like, right. So all of these external events, these external things, these, you know, why a lot of people Mm -hmm. run, like all of that's probably going to not happen for a while. What, what have you helped your clients? The, the biggest thing for most folks that seems like it's really worked is, is zooming out and looking at some bigger picture goals. Okay. So, you know, for, for the most part, uh, most of the folks I work with, um, you know, a lot of them had races scheduled this year, but they were still working towards goals that are still two years, three years, four years out. So maybe it's a Boston qualifying time or, you know, just 
trying to improve their pace, their, their race times by a substantial amount that more than was just going to happen in six months or something like that. And just being realistic with them. So, you know, for the, for the most part, for, for just about everybody, um, you know, there's the disappointment when the races get canceled and a little bit of like, Oh, now what? But then it's like, all right, well, let's refocus. Like, like this race was some, a couple more for Chicago this year. So, you know, talking about timely as, as we're recording this, like, like, all right, you know, that's a conversation we'll be having the next couple of days, although it's kind of already been happening because we kind of figured it was, you know, probably wasn't going to happen, but it's like, all right, you know, it sucks that the race didn't happen this year. And, you know, it's nice to have those, those checkpoints. It's nice to have those things to look forward to that aren't two or three years away as far as goals and, and things to keep you motivated. But it's like, all right, well, it's the world we live in right now. And so let's zoom out, you know, we are going to run Chicago. We're going to run this race, that race, whatever one it happens to be, um, you know, don't have that option this year, but those were still just moving us towards this bigger goal that, that, you know, we still got two, three, four years to get to. So we're going to keep moving towards it. We're just not going to have this race right here. And so, you know, maybe it's, it's especially for those that are more time based goals. It's like, all right, well, we're aiming to, to PR in the fall. Not going to happen because there's not a race, but let's keep working. And then when there is a race, hopefully in the spring, instead of having, you know, or maybe the goal was going to be to PR then too. And we'd have two PRs in, in a six month period. Now we're going to have one PR, but let's have a big one. Let's, you know, instead of moving the needle by a handful of minutes in the fall and a handful of minutes in the spring, let's move it by 15 minutes because we're working for, for eight months instead of two, four month cycles. So it's just been trying to kind of reframe things a little bit, keeping the big picture view in mind. And that, you know, I don't, I don't think, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, but none of, the, none of the folks that I'm working with, like, was like their end all be all goal was scheduled for 2020. You know, like, oh, okay. like, so, so it, it's disappointing. It's frustrating. It's upsetting that, that some of those, those fun times and those you know, races that everybody is excited about running a race, we don't get to do those, but we can still keep working towards those big goals anyway. Um, and that's what we've been trying to you know, focus on that as opposed to uh, wallowing in the, well, what am I going to do now? Like well, every, same thing everybody's doing, like keep running, keep building that base. Like don't let all your fitness slide because you know, there's not a race in, in, in the fall, like maintain, maybe do some other, you know, there's been a couple of folks who has been like, like we're going to keep running, but let's, you know, instead of running, whatever, making up numbers, instead of running 40 miles a week, let's run 25 miles a week and let's do some cross training and let's do some more strength training and let's do some other things to kind of round out your fitness a little bit so that we still got a base. And when races come back on the schedule, we can still, you know, we're not starting from square one, but you know, maybe doing some other things to, to improve your fitness in other areas uh, might do more for us than just continuing to run the same number of miles that we've been running every week. So there's been a little bit of that too. So it's, it's a little bit of a, of a, you know, each, each person gets their own little prescription, but uh, you know, those have been the two big things of, of, and they're both kind of one of the same, I guess, right. Zooming out and looking at big picture goals and big picture overall health as well. And, and you know, making, making some moves uh, on those planes that will move us forward into 2021 and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you tell, talk a little bit more about that? Like, so in, if you want to get better at running, maybe instead of doing the 40 miles, scaling back and doing 25 miles, but increasing strength, because here's the conversation that usually happens with me or also like before. I remember when I would like, when I didn't know anything about fitness and I would go to see a personal trainer, they would always tell me, oh, you don't want to run. You want to lift weight. And so if you lift weights, your body will look better. Don't run. And I was like, but I'm not running for my body to look a certain way. I'm running because it's fun. But it set up this either or thing in my head. Either I'm going to be running or I'm lifting weights. And then I also hear this from people too, like those, they're um, new runners. They're like, oh, I just want to run, but I don't want to lift weights. I don't want to strength train. I don't like doing that. I just want to run. Enlighten us and talk a little bit more about decreasing running and increasing strength training, but like doing both of them. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been set up to be an either or, um, and, and maybe at the farthest ends of the extremes, you could almost make that argument. Like if you really want to be maybe more from the, the strength training side of things, like if you want to be Mr. Olympia or Mrs. Olympia, like there's not, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to also be running lots and lots of miles. Like but not too many people that I think that either of us work with are going to be on that far end of the extreme. So, you know, but, but that's just what's in everybody's head. Like if I'm going to strength train, like that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to run. If I'm going to run. I'm, I'm going to run. I'm not going to strength train, but they're very, they work very well together. And, and somebody said on my, on my podcast many enough years ago that I can't remember exactly who it was. Um, I think it was, it was the guy who started, uh, 
the November project, but I don't fact check me on that. Um, but, but, but I remember the quote that, you know, the best athletes also make the best runners. And, and, and it's always kind of something that, that stuck around in my, in my head because, you know, running is, is obviously a, a big component of, of, you know, being a runner, like you have to run a lot. Like there's, you know, there's, there's no real way around that. If you want to continue to improve, you've got to, you've got to run, but it's not the only piece of the puzzle. You know, there's, there's the strength training, there's the, the mobility, there's the flexibility, the, all those other things. And so, you know, why does strength training help as a runner? Well, Hey, it, it helps to reduce your risk of injury because when we run, you know, you're pretty much using the same muscles and the same movement pattern. It's, it's a repetitive motion sport. It's one foot in front of the other ad nauseum until you finish your, your workout or your race, um, which means that you're only working certain muscles in certain movements, certain ways. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's where the overuse can come from. But if you can balance some of those muscles out by doing some strength training exercises, doing some, some other movements, uh, maybe doing something where you move side to side once in a while, like heaven forbid, and so we run in a straight line, but like, you know, you, you play a pickup basketball with your kid or, or whatever, where you're moving side to side a little bit, um, you know, that helps to reduce some of that wear and tear, helps to, to balance, you know, balance your tires, like if you're balancing your, your body uh, to prevent some of that, that wear and tear. Um, you know, you want to get, get faster, um, which obviously a lot of runners, like that's a goal is to improve, improve race times or, or whatever. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a, of a physics equation, but part of the equation is force production. Like if you push off the ground harder, you're going to propel yourself farther forward with each, with each stride, which means that, you know, multiply that out by 10,000 steps for a half marathon or whatever it is, like that can be substantial. So you, 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 you get stronger, you generate more force by getting stronger by, by doing some strength training. Um, you know, it, it improves your, your form. Uh, so that you're you're running more efficiently, which again, you know, you, you can make a metaphor towards towards like a car. You know, a, a car with that gets 20 miles to the gallon versus a car that gets 30 miles to the gallon. Well, which one do you want? It's, the more efficient is going to go farther on on each tank of gas. You know, you have a certain amount of tank of gas in your in your running engine. Uh, you know, and if you can go farther because you're more efficient because you're maintaining good form, which strength training helps to 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 do. Um, you know, to help strengthen your core, keep you upright, and and uh, all those types of things like you're going to be able to run farther before you get fatigued. So you can, again, you can run, you can, your finish time can be faster, even though your, your top speed might not be any different, but you don't slow down as much because you don't get fatigued as quickly. So, you know, it, it all, it all kind of works together as, as, um, it's just being something that's, that's the more you, you think about it and the more you kind of dive into it, like the, the more valuable it is. And yet I say all that and, and somewhat sheepishly admit that like, I'm not perfect on my strength training either. Like I, I, I do it some, but you know, I could improve on that, on that aspect too. So, you know, you're not going to be perfect with it, but you know, right now with it being, you know, kind of like getting back to where we kind of got into this, like there's no races to train for. Yeah. So, so what if you pull back by, you know, an hour of running per week or two hours or whatever to mix in three 20 minute strength training sessions, like you're giving up a few miles, you're probably getting as much back on the, on the back end anyway, um, just from the improvements that you get from, from strength training, especially if you've never really done much strength training before. Like you got, you know, you think about when you started running, how quickly you saw improvement. Well, if you've never done strength training before, it's, it's going to improve a lot. You're going to notice a lot of, of changes, uh, you know, in, in the first, you know, three to six months as well. So, you know, there's never been a better time to start getting into it than, than right now, really, because you got nothing to lose. Like there's no races that's going to impact you for and, Spoiler alert, it's probably going to be a positive result anyway. But yeah. if, that's, if that's your worry, like now is the time to, to dive into it. Yeah, I love that because it kind of takes this like, okay, there's no races. Sit here and sulk because, yes, it's <laughs> sad. And also, okay, there's no races. There's no deadline. Like how amazing to be taking care of your body because, hey, there's, there's no races. Like right. there's no races. <laughs> what does your body need right now? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, so I know it's been a while, but you have a book and I want to talk a little bit about that. Tell us what, so if, if people haven't listened to the first episode, um, I think that might've been around when the book came out. I'm not sure, so. but it's still a good refresher. What's the book? Who should get it? What's in it? Why is it important? Yeah. It's, it's another kind of, uh, due to the situation at hand, it's, it's a little bit interesting. So the book is titled Be Ready on Race Day. And uh, the idea of it is, is all about, you know, 
stopping the, the one size fits all. Like I downloaded this free program and, and I'm just going to follow it um, and, and giving you the reader the tools to make their own training plan. So, you know, as, as, as a coach, like I'm a big believer in there not being anything one size fits all and everything's kind of, you know, the principles are the same. Good, good principles are good principles, but let's tweak it and adjust it to each person. But, you know, for somebody who is not at a point where hiring a coach makes sense for any of a number of very valid reasons, I like to think that the book is a lot better than just downloading a plan. So it's, it's basically everything that I do as a coach, like kind of step-by-step as much as you can make a step-by-step book when you're not catered it to any one individual person. Uh, but basically like, here's the steps I do. This is the first thing I do. The second thing I do. Um, and just kind of outlining exactly how to, to put a plan together for a half. It's theoretically it's, it's for a half marathon or a full marathon, but any distance that you're training for, it's the same, same principles that are, are good principles. Um, and so right now with no races on the, on the schedule, it's like, well, that's like, right. sounds good, but like there's no races. So, you know, why do I need a book about how to train for a, for a race? Um, but again, I mean, like, if you're just kind of wallowing and not sure what you're doing training wise, like good principles are good principles. So instead of having a race target 16 weeks out or 18 weeks out or whatever, it's just like, Hey, let's just get to cruising altitude and use this to, to kind of keep things going and make sure I'm kind of moving in the right direction and, uh, and working, you know, kind of just continue to work and build my, build my fitness. So, um, yeah, that was, that's, that's the book. It's, it's, uh, uh, was a lot of, it was a lot harder to write or a lot harder to, to get from the writing process to the actual publishing process than I thought it was going to be, or that I maybe naively hoped it was going to be. Um, but it's, it's, it's something that I think is useful. The feedback has mostly all been, been very positive as far as like, Oh wow, I never would have thought of this or, or this is a good point or it's not quite as complicated as I thought it was like almost like overthinking the situation. Like just, you know, do, do some things that are, you know, sometimes a simple solution is the best solution. So I uh, just tried to, to put all that out there and, and, uh, and yeah, you know, even without races on the calendar, it still can be a useful thing to move beyond just kind of a one size fits all thing and to, to really, you know, tweaking your schedule and your, your plan based on your life and, and where you are right now, um, as opposed to trying to fit yourself into the confines of some plan that you, that you found somewhere that could be a great plan, but if it's not for you, it's not for you. So it's not as good as it could be is, is my view on the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, so I had um, Kim Ingleby on the podcast a few weeks ago, and she was talking about like, for some people, and it can, you kind of touched on in this, like if you have clients that are looking at races two or three years ahead, but I think for the average person that like just starts with running, they're like, bam, I want to, I want to do this right now. And I want to do it right now because I want to be healthy right now. I want to be happy right now. But this idea of like, what if we're getting ready on race day? for 2021 or getting ready for race day in 2022, all of that prep work. And it's kind of, um, it goes against all of the immediate gratification that we want and that we see. But if we look at like, we've, we've delayed gratification before you went, you know, you went from K through eighth grade and four years of high school and four years of college and whatever, like you've delayed gratification before. And if like your graduation is the equivalent of a race, like you've done this before. So I kind of like thinking of that, like, here's this book that's talking about a race, but also it's no, like how is running going to fit into your life? How are you actually going to make this something that isn't even just for the race? Right. Right. Well, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, that's the name of the game right there is, is figuring out that balance and how it works for you, which is why, which is why, again, I, I hate to keep harping back on it, but like the idea of just getting a plan that says, all right, I need to run on this day and not this day. And like, it just like, like, you know, maybe I have church or I have a responsibility at, at school or a responsibility with caring for family members or whatever, like you know, work. I mean, all, all the things that, you know, all the different things that, that we have that are kind of non-negotiables in our schedule. Well, then you get this one size plan that says, all right, well, this is the day you need to be at your resting. I was like, well, no, that's like, that's the day that I'm able to run the, like I have the most flexibility in my schedule. So how do I adjust things around? And it's just, it's just like, I think that you can get one of those plans and start there and then maybe use the principles of the book or things that you hear and, and learn to make some adjustments that make sense so that you're shifting things around it, 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 that works best for you. Um, but that's, that's to me, that's, that's the key is what works best for you. And it doesn't probably isn't what works best for me. It may not probably not what works best for anybody else, but you know, that's not, that's fine because we're doing this for each individual person. So that's, it should work best for them as far as life and schedule and responsibilities to make running fit instead of trying to make life fit the running side of things. Yeah. Yeah. Now I can't remember if this was in the book or if this is something you just said about like 
maybe that when you work with clients, you write like a week or two of their running mm-hmm. schedule. And that's me. I was like, wait, what? You don't plan out the next 20 weeks of their life. Like it was, it was like, Oh, like, Oh wow. This is not what is out there on the internet at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to do it like that. And there was only so many times of like having to rewrite somebody's, you know, 18 weeks plan at, at week 15 that you're like, well, maybe this doesn't make the most sense. So it's, it's, that's, that's exactly what I do. I write two weeks at a time. Every once in a while I'll get somebody who's a little bit more type A and they want to see a little bit farther. So it's like, I'll write three weeks at a time or whatever. But like, so like I, I, I'll write two weeks and then every Monday I, I, when I do my check-ins, like I add the next week. So we always stay two weeks ahead. Um, they always know what's coming for, for a couple of weeks, but that, and it allows for flexibility. We can still adjust as we go. But if, if there is a little kind of injury concern, like, okay, well we back off. We, I only have to adjust two weeks at a time. You know, I only have to adjust at most two weeks. And then that following week when I would add the next week into it, it's like, all right, well, where are we at right now? Maybe there's some TBDs on the calendar because we're going to see how things play out over the next 10 days. Or maybe it's like, all right, we're going to cut back here. We're feeling better. So we're going to start, but it's just, I just, you know, there's too much that happens on a day-to-day basis, let alone a week-by-week basis to think that I can plan what somebody's going to be doing in October when it's July and have any reason to think that it's going to be accurate because there's just not now. Obviously, if we're working towards a race, there's some certain goal marks that, like, at some point, I want to we want to be at, you know, at 10 miles or 15 miles, like whatever. Like, there's there's a progression that we kind of have in the back of my mind. But if we get there on, you know, September the 9th versus September the 16th, is it is it a game changer? Like, no, not really. Like, we got flexibility there. We can we can we can make it work based on how things are going. You know, week by week uh, with each person that I work with. Yeah. No, that's huge. Um, I don't know how many times I, or even with talking with clients of like, yeah, like you're following the plan and you're like, crap, this thing happened. Well, now the whole plan is ruined. Or also I missed this week and now I'm going to try to just jump back in to where I was. And then you get injured because you're like, shoot, your body wasn't ready for that. Right. Yeah. And, and people see, you know, it, it, it's, it, maybe it's, it's a little bit of, of the running population or the high percentage of the running population is type A. So it's like, they see it on the calendar and come hell or high water, like this, this is what the coach said, this is what I'm going to do. And so, you know, if, if I'm, if they only see that I'm adjusting, you know, four workouts or six workouts, because that's what's on the calendar between now and the next time I adjust, uh, I think it's a little bit easier pill for them to swallow that like, oh, like he didn't have to readjust the whole thing or, or, or they never know what they didn't, they, didn't, they never knew what the whole thing was going to look like. So we just adjusted it and they, you know, they know that things got, probably got changed, but like they didn't have things planned out already for the next six weeks. So it was just like, all right, well, this is what, that's what he wants me to do. So this is what I'll do. And, you know, as long as we get to the starting line or to the finish line in one piece and ready to go, then, then there was a successful training cycle and we go from there. Yeah. Yeah. So even just that, what you said, like, that's like changing the definition of success is success following the training plan to a T how it was intended on week one or success arriving to the finish line or arriving right. to the race or like having feeling good feeling good and not stressed out during your training like day to day. So it's like kind of shifting that, like what's more important to you. Well, and, and you know, for people that are struggling to, to wrap their head around that, it's just like, think about how many times in other areas of life that things go exactly to plan. Like I can't think of one, you know, like, like nothing ever goes exactly to plan. Our 2020. Yet, yeah, yeah, oh exactly. I mean, nothing, yeah. nothing has gone to plan. Yeah. But when you, when, you know, so you just adjust and you, and you figure it out and you do the best you can. And sometimes you, you hit the nail on the head and sometimes you hit your thumb on the nail and that's not ideal, but you keep moving forward. Um, and, and, you know, hopefully you're able to have enough times that you get it right, that it more than balances out the times that you, that you don't. And you keep making, you keep getting to that progress that we were talking about earlier, where it's not a straight line, but as long as the trend's in the right direction with your fitness, with your diet with your sleep with your work with your finances whatever like that's that's the name of the game and if you're doing that consistently enough then you know you're going to be getting to where you want to go it just might take a little longer it might be a little bit shorter it might be a little bit more uh scenic than you want it to be but you get there and that's that's the name of the game Mm -hmm. yeah i've been kind of toying around with like this phrase and i had it i had it like a couple years ago and it's popped up again but like imperfect consistency like Cause we think like, if I'm being consistent, that the only way to be consistent is to be perfect. So if we've messed up, obviously I'm not consistent because my calendar is not completely exactly how it's supposed to, but that's not true. And like an example I always give is like when you're brushing your teeth, if you brush your teeth 
every, like basically every day, that's great. If you miss one day of brushing your teeth, you're not going to get a cavity all of a sudden. Right. But also, um, and the converse, if you only brush your teeth once a week, like, oh, that's probably not going to be so good. That's not really that consistent. But like, yeah, so it, um, but yeah, just kind of shifting that, like, what is the point of what I'm doing and is consistent, consistent enough is actually good enough, especially when it comes to a hobby, like running is supposed to be hobby and fun. (laughs) 100%, 100%. And it's, it's a conversation that I've had with more than a few folks where it's like, Consistency and perfection aren't the same thing. Like we can strive for perfection. And again, running or anything, you can strive for perfection. Striving for perfection is not a bad thing. You're never, almost never going to get there. But if you're striving for perfection and you get there, you, know, you, hit, you hit the mark, you know, 80% of the time, 85% of the time, like that's consistent. And that's what leads to progress. And that's what it keeps you, it keeps you going in the right direction. So yeah, don't get caught up in consistency being the, the same thing as perfect. They're not synonyms. They're not, they're not opposites. They're, they're, they're tangentially related. But they're definitely not the same thing. And, and just because you're not perfect doesn't mean you're not consistent. Like you, miss, like you miss a run once in a while and it happens. You know, you oversleep or the weather's terrible or you, you don't, you're just not feeling it. Your legs are like, okay, great, move on. You know, tomorrow's a new day. Get back on track tomorrow. And, and you know, in the grand scheme of things, that one missed run on a Tuesday in June has no bearing on how, on how things shake out, you know, six months from now or two years from now or whatever. Like it, it literally doesn't matter. It's just that, you know, you don't want to let that snowball into missing a month of Tuesdays and then you're, now you're missing months and months and months. And that's caused the problem. But one random day here and there, no big deal. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for that. Well, it was amazing having you on the podcast. If people want to connect with you, where are the best places to find you on the internet? Um, pretty much anything. Uh, Diz runs is, is where you'll find me. So disruns.com is the website. Uh, the podcast is Diz runs radio. Um, and, uh, you know, all things social media is at, at Diz Runs. So it's, I try to keep it simple, but sometimes that's, that's a good thing. Sometimes maybe, uh, I don't know, but uh, it's pretty easy. Just T-I-Z-R-U-N-S on, on all things, all places. And that's where you hopefully would find me if you're, if you're interested in me yammering on more about running stuff, which is pretty much all I, all I talk about these days. Awesome. Thank you so much again. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate it.